Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Choso Podcast presented by TheSwabReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. Full disclosure, it is 11.58 a.m. on September the 3rd, 2023. Yeah, what, about five hours before my self-imposed deadline of posting this at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time? Might be asking yourself, Smooth, at the game was Thursday night, why are you just now recording this? That is because I just now am kind of piecing together here my thoughts on what we saw Thursday at Richardson Stadium. Great atmosphere, great crowd, great first half of football. Second half of football uh, uh, left a lot to be desired. And, and, uh, I, went and I, again, appreciate those I, I, uh, that I met down on the field there. Um, especially for the, for the first time, Mr. Buck Height. Uh, Mr. Lewis, Jaleet Lewis's father, uh, Mrs. Macklin, Eric Macklin's mother, and Mrs. Ridgeway, Madison Ridgeway's mother. Uh, again, I appreciate all those, all the other familiar faces as well, uh, all the players and coaches that that took time there to, to come and greet me. I was on down the field for about an hour after the game. Due to that, I greatly appreciate that. I like I said it before, I was off the next day. I was in no hurry to go home, so. Uh, any 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 time you see me there on the field, post game, pre game, walking to the stadium, always always enjoy talking to you all. Uh, but I'm glad that we shared the same sentiment, okay? And that was, um, eh, right? Like I I was I was I was asked I was asked what was I what did I think? And every time I, I couldn't give a definitive answer because at the time I didn't really know, like I, I wasn't really sure what I felt because it it was it was a combination of like several past football games, right? Like it it in the best way that I can compartmentalize this is to look at it in terms of. It was a tale of two halves, and there were positives. There was, there was, there was negatives, and then there was somewhere in between. Okay, now we got to start with the positives first. Third straight home opening win for UCO. They, uh, they won against Missouri Western 2021 and Poria last year. And now a very good Nebraska Curling team team this year. So I want to shout out there the uh, seniors there, uh, especially Peyton Scott, Marlo Hughes, the guys that was on the on the roster the first year of the podcast. Very glad there they was able to end their their UCL careers with a home opening opening win. Also very happy for the other seniors, Lane, uh, Mike Pope Jr., Calvin Hutchings, Zion Bell, uh, Dylan Buckhide as well. There, I, I'm very happy for those gentlemen too. They're able to win their uh, last home game. Also, very happy for Steph. Moved to 3-0 as a starter in home openers. Uh, again, just... And it's crazy because most of the time, right, Missouri Western, he stole the show. Emporia, he stole the show. He did not steal the show this time, so I appreciate the man letting somebody else have the shine. Yeah, the, I just, <laughs> just shows 
Oh, what, oh, <laughs> what a great teammate man is. Um, no, but I, I think that it's very telling, though, the fact that, that Steph didn't have to really carry the team, right? Like, uh, we, we 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 saw right. We saw people the, the debut of a lot of, of a lot of Broncos. We had heard a lot about that. I felt like lived up to the hype. Right, you start with with Trayvon Woolfork, right, the former Nebraska Cornhusker, former Troy Trojan, former Indian Norseman. As as good as advertised, has the potential to be the best running back in a UCL uniform since T.J. Roberts. And I don't say that lightly because you. You know how how much I, I love Jace, okay? But, like, a Trayvon is a better version of Jace. He has more juice than Jace. Uh, I was very pleased by what we saw out of, out of the man. I think he had 100 yards. I'm uh, very, very, very pleased. I was very pleased by the other running backs as well. The, I know in 2021 they tried a running back by committee that I didn't like because I felt like Jace had separated himself from the pack and should have been the main ball carrier. I think we saw what, what, what we what we saw Thursday, right? Trayvon started, but then we saw Peyton Scott. I was very glad for Peyton Scott. I was very glad he had the game that he had. Uh, because, again, I'm, it's been a tough career for the man. Uh, he's battled injuries, circumstances, right? Uh, but I was glad he had his moment there. Uh, Jalen Cottrell, he got hurt fairly early on in the first quarter. He tried to truck a guy. As he went out of bounds and hurt his shoulder, he had his shoulder pads off, and the shoulder was was wrapped in ice. So I'm not entirely sure what the status of of uh, of him is. Then you also had Andrew Carney, who got who got more carries uh, out as a as a running back too. Also was better on the fullback dives. Uh, I will say that's another positive too. The 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 third and fourth in shorts were were improved. I'm not entirely sure. What the third down conversion was? I haven't really looked at the full numbers yet. We'll do that when we get into the recap. Uh, I do know that they're now using the Philadelphia Eagles play, right, where they have like three people behind the quarterback and just push. That worked. I think every time UCO's done that, uh, it would have worked another time, but UCO called a timeout and then they tried a fullback. It was either, no, 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 they tried a handoff. Tried a handoff that was still developing. I think it was a fourth down and got stopped. But but regardless, it it was much more successful than it was last season, which which is very promising. Uh, the offensive line improvements, right, that was conveyed to us when we talked to Lane. Uh, I I feel like the offensive line, from a pass blocking standpoint, by far the best. It's looked. I mean, against an f- opponent with a full deck of cards, because, again, I think Fort Hayes probably the best pass-blocking game last year against a somewhat meaningful opponent, and we, we, and we, we know they were, they were severely uh, hurt. Uh, probably the best pass-blocking since Fort Hayes 2021. Okay? I, I mean, Steph had plenty of time back there. It, it, it almost looked... As if, uh, like it, I almost felt like it affected the man because it almost looked like he didn't know what to do at times with that much time. Uh, and he even talks about that we have Steph post game, Coach Doral, uh, Cayman Bradford, J.K. Moore. Uh, I know Steph. Steph mentioned about how he he felt like he didn't go through his progressions as as good enough. 
uh, I, it, it, it was, the pass blocking was extremely well. I think like Steph didn't have to run nearly as much. I felt like when he did run, it mainly was due to coverage, not due to there being zero blocking. So that that's that's very promising. The run blocking was greatly improved uh, because we were able, especially Cayman Bradford, the highly regarded Juco, was as good as advertised. And any almost any time they ran behind him in lane, there was positive yards. I was very glad to see that. I was also pleased with the tackles and the receivers and tight ends blocking on the edge. It was able to run to the outside. We cannot do that last year against a meaningful opponent. It was able to do that pretty much at will. Uh, because uh, Trayvon bounced out several runs. Peyton had had a few outside runs. Very pleased about that. Okay, I, that's something that I said will only enhance the run game. So you can check that box off as a as a positive, right? Uh, you turn Oscar Hammond again. I knew he was going to be good when he signed, right? We saw flashes of that early last season that he was going to be good in a useful uniform. He showed that against Fort Hayes. And then Thursday, he showed why he had potential to be a great tight end in a useful uniform. Uh, it was single-handedly carried the pass offense. He was five yards shy of 100 yards on like nine catches. Um, he, he had one touchdown. He should have had over 100 yards and two touchdowns, but he missed. Uh, they, they had a shovel pass to him called back for a holding call. Regardless, though, it, it's good to see Oscar so far is avoiding the sophomore slump. Uh, you look defensively, right? The defensive line still very, very, very good. Very pleased with the nose guard spot there. Both Zane Adams and Hunter Large with no Hunter. That he was running with the twos. Hunter still made a few big tackles on third down. Zane looked really good. I'm glad that 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 injury is not um injury is 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 not causing any lingering effects there. Because again, in 2021, he was extremely extremely good. Uh, I was very pleased by uh, Lemuel Gordon, Reed Lindsay, and Johnny Wilson. The uh, transfers there. I think Johnny Wilson and Reed were starters. Uh, again, it's very tough to tackle T.J. Davis. I thought they they did a very good job, number one, of forcing him to be a passer. was not much for T.J. on the ground game. He had a few runs, but again, I felt like they've done a good job the past two, two years of forcing him to be a passer. And I felt like they did a better job this year of forcing him out of the pocket throwing the ball on the on the run there. And I, I think that really helped because there were some throws. I felt like, and he and he did show when he had time, right, he was able to hit the man. So I give the defensive line there. I give Coach, Coach Sanders credit. Again, again, I saw the man post-game. Man just kept saying that we keep coming, we keep coming. Yeah, I, we, 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 we've been over this. The defensive line, it just keeps coming. They were sitting in three at a time. Very pleased about the depth there, okay? Uh, so um, that also, you can check that off as a positive, right? The linebacker unit, you know, it, it's telling when Connor Johnson has a quiet game, when Noah West kind of has a quiet game, okay? And the front seven was still there. Uh, Zion Bell was a starter, very happy for Zion. Uh, he he had a solid, a solid game. 
more so happy for, for Marlo Hughes. Now, we know I just, I've said this numerous times before how high I was on Marlo Hughes, right? It's unfortunate he had the injury when he when he did. Then he had a scheme change. Then he had then he just got beat out. Yeah, I, he still wasn't the starter. But I can tell you this though, I and Coach Dora will touch on both him and, and Payne Scott. Okay. Because Marlo had a very big play in that football game. You recall last year, Noah West laid the wood uh, on a on a blitz to TJ Davis that forced a fumble. Almost the same thing happened, except for they called it a incomplete pass. Regardless, Marlowe came on a blitz, destroyed TJ Davis. I'm very glad that he had that moment because again, Marlowe and Payton are two guys uh, that, that could have hung it up uh, for a variety of reasons a long time ago. But they chose to stay the course, and, and I'm glad they were able to have that moment there uh, in their final home game. Uh, so, very good there. Uh, uh, Hudson Grant, remember, we were told he was a walk-on converted receiver out of, uh, was, it, was, it, was it Western Colorado? I think it was. Uh, was solid. Grant Lord looked okay, uh, and moving down from safety to, to linebacker. And then we saw the UCLA debut of Jack Puckett. Uh, again, what we saw out of Jack is looking very promising in terms of being a Dylan Hall replacement. Uh, so I was very, very, very good to see that that's, that's already looking looking very solid. Also glad to know now that the registered rule has reached its way to Division Two because that was very, very annoying. So, um, you know, how in Division I... They can play up to four games and keep their red shirt. Because we only play 11 games, uh, they can play up to three and keep their red shirt, which is why we saw Mason Willingham, the converted quarterback from, from, from Owasso, play some at running back. We also saw Randy Nix Jr. be tied in from Newcastle play as well. And then I think, I think was it Reese Roller played some on special teams and but I feel like Hazen Bird out of McGinnis played something too. I, I feel like I could be wrong. I there was a handful of freshmen that, that did play. So uh as I was surprised that Mason Willingham was one was one of them. I, he didn't look too bad, to be honest with you here. Um so I, I just keep an eye out there on who they play. I don't know if they're gonna like play X amount a game. Uh like because I feel like for sure, Lincoln and Northeastern State should be two games where there a lot of guys should be able to get some burn. So I'm just, just I'm interested to see how they, how they, how they play that with those with those guys that they deemed uh, ready to ready to play. But I was not surprised that Randy Nix Jr. Uh, was was out there because again that tape out of Newcastle uh, from a blocking standpoint, very 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 promising. Uh, they had him some at fullback as well uh, as 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 tight end. So, um, and then you looking in the secondary, there was no Dylan Dylan Buckhart. He's he's hurt, unfortunately. I hope it's not a not a long term injury. Manager senior, and we know how good he is. Uh, I thought Kobe was was good as a safety, not so good as a return man. <laughs> <coughs> We get into the uh, negative part there. Uh, Raekwon, again, this man is in, in, in home home openers just does not disappoint. He had the game-winning pick uh 2021, had a, had a well of a game last year, and then laid the wood 
uh, this th- on Thursday, right? Um, I the, the biggest positive from the secondary, probably with what I saw out of Jonathan Mosley. Again, we know he's very good against the run. He showed that in several early uh, early on in the football game, several tackles around the line of, line of scrimmage. I felt we saw improved coverage from him. Uh, he still got beat a couple of a couple of times more than you would you would like, but uh, I did see I think a few breakups there. Uh, I, there was progress, okay, and, I, and that's that's something that that's is more than it was last year. And then you also have to be very impressed there by the debut of J.K. Moore, the the uh, teammate of. Christian Romero down there at Navarro Community College. I think he was a late addition. I don't recall him. Maybe he signed on signing day. I I, I don't I don't remember uh, now off offhand. It's been quite some time. A very very impressive debut. Uh, form tackler, right? We know he's tall, rangy, solid tackler. I think he had a few breakups as well. But the important thing was he had to pick six. Now, again, I hate to do this to my manager league. Okay, but I go back because it was a similar play against Northeastern State when they forwarded the pass out in the flat and Jalik dropped the pick six. Okay, now, we, again, we know the defense on the Coach Lechtenberg has been opportunistic. It was the same thing. T.J. Davis floated it out in the flat. J.K. read it. J.K. jumped it, and then unlike Mosley against Washburn, J.K. stayed in bounds, and he ran it back for the for the touchdown. Very, 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 imp- very impressed by what I saw there out of J.K. Uh, is, if he if he keeps this up for the next 10, 10 games, then the quarter duo of J.K. and Amante Davis. Could be UCO's best since Colby Underwood, Malik Walker, and Daniel Bond. It would be very, 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 very refreshing because we notice the safety unit is definitely there. Uh, Thomas Webb Jr. also played. It looks solid. I know he missed a tackle when Kearney scored their last touchdown. Uh, Jamori Ray played some, looked looked good too. And then uh, so did Tavis and Kaishan also played. Um, I I thought given outside of the first touchdown where T.J. Davis threw a duck in between three defenders, I, I thought the secondary was improved. I I I truly think the secondary was uh, was improved. Very promising sign. Now we look at the negatives, right? Okay, again, we the, the second half got to start there. You got to start the fact that in the first half, we look like a whole completely different UCL football team that was exactly what, we, exactly what we were hoping for, right? They, they were physical, they executed, they had long sustained drives, they were hit in the mouth early, Curry took a 7-0 lead, UCL right off 17 straight points, they got a turnover on downs. Right, it was looking like exactly what was conveyed to us was going to be the case. And I think if you if you were to ask myself and others after that first half of football, uh, I'm gonna tell you right now, especially that 93 play drive that was over seven minutes, 
looked a whole lot like what we saw out of Pitt State. And we know Pitt State ran the table last year. Again, if we get that, if we get what we had in the first half for four quarters, it's going to be a very tough team to beat. I said at half in the press box, we now have to see how they finish the game. They did not finish the game the way they needed to finish the game because offensively we can't not score any points. Okay, like I, we had chances. We had a touchdown I mentioned with, with Oscar Hammond that was called 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 back. Okay, we we we, we missed. You missed a field. We missed two field goals in the second half. Okay, we shot ourselves in the foot on the opening kickoff when Kobe Stevens ran the ball at the back of the end zone, only got to the 17 yard line. Right, we had false starts still, uh, and no adoption again. We got we got to quit with these false starts because otherwise, Noah had a very solid football game, but the false starts have got to stop. Like we've got to know the snap count. Okay. There were still some holes, right? I, uh, uh, Trayvon had a few big, big runs called back for the hold. Uh, you know, like, we can't shoot ourselves in the foot. I, I felt like it, it, we, we need more out of the passing game outside of Oscar Hammond, right? Like, I know there's, there's new receivers. They played a lot of receivers. I'm sure they're trying to, trying to figure that, that out. Okay, regard we need we need more because I'm telling you right now, it, there were times where Steph had at all day and not a soul was open. And we can't if what if what we know is there when the receiver unit in terms of downfield speed, in terms of explosiveness, then why are we getting blanketed? Like that should not be the case, right? The, the contested catches, uh, Delso dropped one, uh, Malachi Gatewood dropped dropped one. Right, like we get, we uh, we need more at that receiving unit. I know Coach Droll had touched on that. That's got to be fixed, okay? Because at, at a certain point, teams gonna start double teaming Oscar. There has to be somebody in the receiving rooms gonna step up there, uh, and be the guy because we saw flashes, right? We saw flashes out of. Tariq and and Darius, okay, but like we need, we need, we need more. Um, and I think defensively, if, if we look at the, to me, there really isn't much negatives. I mean, because defensive line did a very good job, right? Like I'm sure you would say, well, we like some more sacks. It, it's very hard to tackle T.J. Davis. Like I, it, I thought they did a good job. I thought they did the best you could ask for, especially game one after losing people like Mike and Rob, right? Like, to me, I was very pleased by the defensive line. They, they did their job. They made it very tough on him for the majority of the game. Uh, I will say on the drive, when they got, when they got the last touchdown, uh, it, it may be a tad bit too much time for TJ Davis there. I would like to have, have seen more of a, a pass rush because again, we while the secondary did show initial improvements, again on that on that last drive, they moved the ball down the field too easily, and again, Prince is a very good team, but like that, that would be if I had to nitpick, 
would be the one gripe that I have there. Otherwise, I was very impressed by the defense. Again, Coach Brandon Lechtenberg can't say enough about the about the work there that him and the and the defensive coaching staff do. Uh, you look special teams. I Nick Vero had a very tough football game. He's one of three on field goals. He missed one from I think it was thirty. And he missed one from fifty. Right, like it, it just is not what you wanted to see out of an All American kicker. Now, I will say he did have probably the play of the game when he laid out a return man on a on a, on a kickoff. Probably saved a touchdown to be honest with you. Um, but we definitely need more there, right? Because we know he, he missed what was it one against Kearney last year? Uh, he missed one against Fort Hayes. Missed the extra point against Fort Hayes. Right, like we 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 know the type of kicker the man can be. Uh, we just we've got to. Uh, hopefully, he puts this behind himself because we need him. We're definitely going to need him. Uh, I, I, outside of that, though, I I thought I thought it was I thought it was thought that might have been. Oh, and they probably should have scored more in the red zone again. We get in the red zone, we settle for field goals. I said in the press box. Am I watching the Dallas Cowboys here? Like we've got to get the touchdown. We did, we did do a better job. I give them that we did a better job, but still, like when we get when we get there, we can't be settling for like thirty yard field goals. We've got to get touchdowns, uh, especially against like the Northwest Missouri's and the Pitt States and the Wasburn. Like we're gonna have to get touchdowns when we get down in the red zone. But like, oh, but like, in terms of negatives, though, like that's probably it. And again, most of that occurred in the second half. The first half was very good. Like, it it, it was really impressive because very rarely does a UCL football team in week one of a season start off that crisp, that dominant, and and that ready to go. So I have to give the coaching staff and the players there a ton of credit. But we have to finish games better than that. Because if 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 not, we're gonna be in trouble. Because right at the half, I knew Kearney was not going to go away. Okay, so I was hoping we come out in the second half, take the opening drive, we march down the field, we get a touchdown. It makes a three-score game, okay, and, and we we can we can jump on them. What happened? I think we drove down. Did we did we punt? We either punted or missed the field goal, okay? Like we can't we cannot have that coming out of half with momentum because we just got a fourth down stop on Kearney's final drive of the half. Missed a field goal there. It should have been twenty to seven at the half. Okay, but again, we know a good team like Kearney was not going to go away. That's what made that's that's what makes it tough when the offense fails to move the ball, fails to score in the second half because it's giving other teams confidence. And teams we know we've seen in the past that can come back in the blink of an eye, and it almost happened again. And, and I, I shout out to my man Caleb uh, Caleb Glass, the baseball player there, huge fan of the Trojan Podcast. He did stats right. He brought up a very good point. Uh, when it was sometime in the fourth quarter, right? That like we should be seeing Dawson Hurl in this in this football game because 
the opportunities to put the game away. It should have been like thirty, like thirty six to like fourteen at one point in that game. We should have had the backups have been playing in that game. It should not have been as close. And I know Mr. Lewis, <laughs> I know Mr. Lewis, Lewis's father. When I saw <laughs> I saw the league after the game, I I asked the man, bro, why it takes so long. <laughs> Mr. Lewis said, I'm saying, like, it should that should not be the case. Like, we've got we've got to play the way they played in the first half of four quarters. They do that. This is a playoff caliber football team without question. Okay? Without question. Because we saw the, 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 the talent and the starters. We saw the depth. Okay, we saw they was able to move the ball regardless of running back. Right, for the most part, regardless of offensive linemen, I will say we need to see more out of out of uh, Mac Mac Garner. There did not did not do too hard when he came in for uh, Noah. That right defensive line we saw, the linebackers we saw. Okay, like to me, everything is in place now for this to be a championship caliber team. We just got to see it before quarter. So hopefully, uh, we see that next. We see that next week. We're gonna go ahead and get into the recap portion here. Uh, there's no Madison Ridgeway. He's still hurt. Uh, Bug Hyde is, like I mentioned before, is also hurt. And then Cottrell got, got hurt there uh, early on in the first quarter. So UCO would win the coin toss. They, uh, they, they deferred. They were going to force a three and out. There was a roughing the passer call on Noah. He went too high on TJ Davis. You know how they, they call that when you go too high. Um, However, uh, Kearney would then would uh, convert a fourth and short. Unfortunately, after Hunter had a beautiful stop on third down, and Dan Kearney would then after the fourth throw that duck in between a bunch of UCO Broncos, giving them a seven zero lead at the eight twelve mark. So again, at that point, uh, you, you, you they should have been off the field. But again, the penalties we can't have that. We can't you can't give good football teams. A fresh shadow, shadow, a, a down. As we saw, they will make you pay. However, you, however, the Broncos would indeed uh, re, re bond there. Almost a seven-minute drive. Okay, they converted uh, a, a fourth down, but again, after the sixteen, had to kick a field goal. We we the why we have to score touchdowns. Have to score. Touchdowns. It's, it's, it's just that simple. So UCO would be down in the first quarter, seven to three. Uh, in the second quarter, uh, Mosley would force a stop on one of his breakups. Again, I was very impressed there by 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 what we saw out of, out of Mosley. Uh, uh, Kearney had a shank on the punt, gave the ball at the UCO forty-nine yard line. Yeah, UCO probably pro, this is probably the best I've seen them take advantage of a short field in quite some time because uh, two, it was a two-play drive. They had the first, they, they, they had a very big catch to UCF, former UCF Golden Knight, Darius Melton, and then um, and then they found Oscar Hammond for a 33-yard touchdown. He did, he did a very nice tight rope. They threw like an out route. He was able to uh, cut, it, cut it up, tight rope the sideline, and go in for a 33-yard touchdown that took 22 seconds, giving UCO a 10-7 lead at the 14-02 mark. 
Uh, UCL would then would force a punt after a Marlon Hughes tackle on third down. Uh, however, the Kearney partner would make up for it with a 60-yard bomb, pinning UCO inside the seven. However, that would not deter the Broncos as they went on a very impressive 93-yard touchdown drive, converting two third in shorts uh, and a fourth in long after a bad snap. Uh, they, they, it went it went high. Uh, on staff, and thankfully he was able to outjump the Kearney defender and fall on it. it they were kind of in, in in no man's land. So at that point, it went forward, and Oscar Hammond again coming up clutch there. Uh, they would At this time, however, they would take advantage of it. By the first career touchdown for Trayvon Woolfork, uh, making it a 17-7 game. At the 401 mark. That was the most impressive drive I've seen out of a UCL football team that ended with a with a score. Probably since 2019 Wasburn on the road when Chandler Garrett led that team down there for the game with a field goal. Because uh, it was a it was a it was it was methodical, it was well executed. It was tough, hard-nosed, physical drive there. Again, if we could get that 75% of the drive, you sure win a lot of football games. I, I, I know I keep harping on this, but like we just got to do what we did in the first half of four quarters. Uh, Kearney was stopped on fourth down the following, the following, following drive there. However, unfortunately, UCLA was not able to take advantage of that as uh, Covado missed a 30-yard field goal um, after after a holding call on that on that on that drive pushed them back. And see again, penalties costing us points essentially. Was made it a 17-7 game entering the half. Now it must be noted here some stats from the from the first half Steph was 9 of 15 145 one touchdown again i i felt mentioning this when we when we talked about the positives very 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 pleased by the uh passing mechanics uh, we saw him fit the ball in the tighter windows seemed to be more juice on the ball there uh it, it, the the throwing motion was not taking as long so uh that that right there is very, very promising. I'm telling you, once he gets the chemistry down with the other receivers, it's not. It's going to be a very, a very scary sight because you saw with Oscar, he threw with anticipation. Uh, he had a very good throw to Darius Melton in a tight window. I feel like those are throws last year maybe get picked off, maybe get uh, maybe get batted down because the motion was elongated. Okay, so I was very, I was very pleased to see that that it worked. Because sometimes people change throwing motions, and it's more of a hindrance. So I was very glad that that was the case. Uh, Oscar had eighty-five yards, one score on four catches. Um, both J J K Moore and Mosley were leading with four tackles. Now, what what most but must be noted here was the offensive success. We know last year in the season opener, they were shut out in the football game. I don't know if they even had fifty yards of offense at the at the at the at the that at, at the half. Okay, when we're looking Thursday in the first half, 14 first downs, 
116 yards rushing, 145 yards passing, 261 yards on 38 plays, 5 of 9 on third downs, 2 of 2 on fourth downs, and then the defense holding Kirk Kearney to 1 of 6 on third down. Championship-level football at its finest right there, okay? However, we go to the second half, okay? After Kobe Stevens returned the punt to the 17 at the back of the end zone, UCO will muster up a, a one first down, and then they have to punt the ball uh, down to the current 25 again, David Vargas. Again, I say this every time. I feel obligated to say it every time. I don't know what Swansu did to fumble the bag, but I greatly appreciate it. Uh, Kearney would take advantage of their of their stop. There was a blown coverage that led to a TJ Davis touchdown run at the 10-34 mark in a 17-14 game. See, again, we gotta get that fixed. Uh, I'm hoping that's 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 not as bad as it was last year. Uh, again, because that. Outside of the blown coverages, like the, the secondary was much improved. Um, on the following drive, UCO would attempt to respond. However, Cavetta would miss a 50-yard field goal. He had it long enough. I think he pushed it to the right. So it still remained a 17-14 game at the 6-22 mark. Thankfully, however, on the next drive is when J.K. Moore would get his beautiful 54-yard pick six, making it a 24-14 game at the 437 mark. On the ensuing kickoff is when Covado just destroyed the poor return man right there. I mean, laid the man out. Like, it, 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 was, it was a Jakari Hunt-level hit. So uh, for, for those who know Jakari, so that that tell you right there. Um, however, though, the Kearney did get the return to the 43-yard line. Um, but the drive would end, however, on a Mosley tackle on third down. Uh, then it um would be the last would be the last the last full drive of the third quarter. So you still would have a 10-point lead entering the fourth. Um you still would mount a very impressive drive, aided by a Oscar Hammond catch. And then Oscar Hammond again on his shovel touchdown that was called back due to a Matt Gardner hold. The drive would end in a turnover on downs. Number one, I felt like they were trying to save Nicky from himself by not going for the for the chip shot field goal. Then they they kind of outsmarted themselves. They went back to the eagle formation where they were gonna just push stuff across the across the marker. It actually worked, but they called a timeout. But prior to the snap. And then they tried to hand off to Trayvon Wolfork, and he was stopped uh, at the 820 mark. However, aided by a big Raekwon Wicks hit at the 731 mark, they would force a turnover. Uh, then, unfortunately, you see would go flinging out after Steph was set on second down. Again, that was the only sack of the game, though. So, again, you got to get the offensive line credit. Uh, then on the following drive, we thought UCO would have had a fumble, a fumble uh, recovery after Marlo Hughes hit on the blitz. However, even after a review and a challenge, it stood as an incomplete pass. Kearney would take advantage of that, get a touchdown 
at the 312 mark, making it 24 21. Uh, UCO was not able to run off much time on the next drive because currently had a timeouts. However, there was a roughing the punter call on uh, on Kearney. They hit David Vargas. I felt like it was more of a of a running into, which regardless was going to end the game because it was fourth and four, uh, which pretty much it, which gave UCO the, the the first the first down, and then UCO was able to run the run the clock out. Eerily similar to the Pitt State game of 2021, uh, except for instead of a roughing, uh, it was a legal shift call. Um, but regardless, they got the win. They got the win. Now, if you ask me, okay, if Kearney did get the ball with two at the, roughly two minutes to go in that game, would they have tied the game? The way the offense was moving the ball, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna say yeah. I. I just, the way. The way on mention that similar to how I said UCO was going to tie. Just going to tie that football game against Penn State. It's the same thing. They have momentum. The offense was clicking. I really. I truly deep down feel like we would have had overtime if they did not rough David Vargas. So uh, we're lucky to escape with the with the with the twenty four the twenty one one win. Really, kind of dampered a lot of positives there. When we're looking at the at the at the numbers for Kearney, uh, 14 first first downs, only 88 yards rushing on 25 carries. Again, just fantastic defense there. Got a shout out, Coach Lechtenberg and that and that unit. 185 yards passing, 273 yards. Uh, a total offense on forty-eight plays. So that's exactly this is what this is what Coach Doral wants to do right here. Because when we look, UCO ran seventy-seven plays, long sustained drives, limit the other team's possessions, force them to get out of what they want to do. Okay, and, and, and because if we keep the defense fresh, game over. This is a textbook example. Of how UCO can win a lot of football games, um, Kearney was two of nine on third downs, fantastic. One of two on fourth, one of one in the red zone. Uh, they also lost a time possession battle by about seventeen minutes. Then for UCO, twenty-three first downs, two hundred forty-seven yards rushing on fifty-three carries, four point seven yards a carry. 170 yards passing, 417 yards on 77 plays. Uh, 8 of 20 on third. It, it was, again, the second half where we just got to convert more on thirds. 3 of 4 on fourth and 2, two of 4 in the red zone because of the missed field goals. Then looking at the individual numbers, uh, Stephon Brown, 13 of, 20, 13 of 24, one touchdown. 170 yards, long of 33. Running the ball, Trayvon Wolford led the way, 12 carries, 101 yards, one touchdown, long of 23, 8.4 yards a carry. Again, that's against a very big, physical, good Kearney front. Andrew Carney, 15 carries, 60 yards, long of 12, 4 yards a carry. Stephon Brown, 13 carries, 50 yards, long of 23, 3.8 yards a carry. Carry Peyton Scott 11 carries for 
41 yards long of 11, 3.7 yards a carry. And then Mason Willingham, one carry, three yards. Uh, receiving Oscar Hammond, seven catches, 95 yards, one touchdown long of 33. Darius Melton, two for 36 long of 18. Gunnar Cottrell, two for 20 long of 11. Drill Davis, one for 13. And then Jacob Delso, one for nine. Then defensively, leading the way, Jonathan Mosley, six tackles, one breakup. Kobe Stevens, his first game at safety, five tackles. J.K. Moore, five tackles, a pick six. Uh, Noah West, four tackles, one and a half TTFL. And again, much like I said in the preview, right, it took a while for Noah to get going because, again, I figured they were going to come out there and stonewall the man until, the, until others on the, on the front showed that they were worth um, you know, blocking. Uh, Connor Johnson, three, three tackles, a half TTFL. Zion Bell, three tackles, Hunter Largent, three tackles. Raekwon Wicks, two tackles, one breakup, one hit stick. Tashawn Murray, two tackles. Jamori Ray, two tackles. Jack Puckett, two tackles. Uh, uh, Hudson Grant, two tackles. Zane Adams, two tackles. Monte Davis, one tackle, one breakup. Reed Lindsey, one tackle. Marlo Hughes, one tackle, one breakup, one hit stick. Lemuel Gordon, one tackle. Calvin Hutchings, one tackle. And Nicky Cavado, one tackle. Looking at punting, David Vargas averaged 47 yards on two punts, long of 48. And then uh, tons of returns. Um, we got one on punt return for by Dreet Logan for no yards. And then on kickoffs, three for 38 from Kobe, long of 21, and then one for 22. Uh, for Darius Melton. So turning our attention now, first road game of the season against Central Missouri. Now this this is it must be noted this is a improved Central Missouri football team. They went on the road uh up there in St. Joe's, St. Joseph, Missouri. Very tough win against Missouri Western where they led the whole way. Um, much like UCO, they had a 17-7 lead at one point in the football game. It was a back-and-forth game. Uh, I, I'm telling you right, right now, Coach Dora will, will touch on this. It's a different Missouri, it's a different Central Missouri team. Uh, they've made changes. I think it's a whole new defensive staff. Okay, I noticed the quarterback is not Cedric Case. Um, they, so... And they brought in a few more playmakers than what they had last year. It's not going to be a cakewalk, okay? We know we know what happened last year. It was a very ugly football game. You still won thirteen to ten. Central Missouri probably should have won that game because they missed like three or three three field goals. Okay. However, the last time UCO played in uh, what is it, Warrensburg? Is where they at? Yeah, Warrensburg. It was a very tough, heartbreaking loss. The final game of the Coach Bobek era there. Uh, it was a back-and-forth affair. A useful grad assistant, Logan Tweehouse, had a career day in that football game. Basically, it was back-and-forth. UCO was able to mount a late drive. They got in fringe field goal range for Alex Covado. His kick, I think, was 
two or three yards short. They just had one more play to get it a tad bit closer. They would have hit that. Uh, it's is a very tough loss because Keith Calhoun just, again, played his behind off in the football game. Uh, so it, 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 should, it should be a very good game. The past two matchups have uh, been very, very good with, with UCM. Um, like three of the last four, because 20, 2018, it was homecoming for UCO. UCM was ranked Eli Hooks. Dear friend of the podcast, came away with the game when he sat on fourth down. 2019, UCO got ran on in that in that injury plague year. I remember that that game for two reasons. Number one, because Johnny Marzelli fourth threw his first and I think only touchdown in his UCO career. And then Drake Brown got the first sack of the season uh, in the first half of game five. So the vast majority of the past four matchups against UCM have been very, very good. I would expect nothing, not, nothing less. When we look at what UCM did against Missouri Western, they had 31st downs, 113 yards rushing on 41, uh, 41 attempts, 2.8 yards a carry. However, they threw for 486 yards and five touchdowns. So, again, we're going to need the secondary. We, we, I'm telling you right now, we cannot have bust. We we cannot have coverage bust. We're gonna need the pass rush to, to, to do exactly what it did against against Kearney, but this time get some sacks. I, I don't I don't think their quarterback is, is as elusive as TJ Davis is. So we should be seeing some sacks there. They rolled up 599 yards of offense on 89 plays. So Again, critical. We have long sustained drives, run the clock, because yeah, we <laughs> we definitely have to limit these guys' possessions. Uh, they were eleven nineteen on third downs, five or seven in the red zone. They were also only one or three on field goals. So that's something to also note against the kicking game is still suspect. And then they notched three sacks. Defensively, they held Missouri Western at 21 first downs, 115 yards rushing on 25 carries, 4.6 yards a carry, 257 yards passing, but did not three interceptions, 372 yards of offense on 58 plays. Held them to three of eight on third down, 101 on fourth, four of five in the red zone, and also forced a missed field goal. So again, it, it's um, yeah, it's 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 two ve- two greatly improved football teams from 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 this time last year. Sure, looking at the individual numbers, instead of Cedric Case who did uh, go five of nine for one hundred and one yards, instead it was Zach Zabriski Zabriski. Who is a 6'2, 208 junior, a Southern Illinois transfer, threw for 385 yards, five touchdowns on 29 of 39 passing and long of 62. So, uh, and he also ran for 27 yards. So, again, I, I don't know. Missouri, Missouri Western was a weird team last year, right? They started off like 2 and 0 and then. Lost like five straight games. Uh, regardless, 
regardless, though, we need the secondary. It's going to really test how improved the secondary is. This is, is going to be a very big test. Uh, running the ball, their leading rusher was Marcellus Hawkins, who is, I think he is actually from Putnam City. He is 5'11", 2'10", sophomore. Uh, led the way with 15 carries for 66 yards. One touchdown long of 24, 4.4 yards a carry. And then leading the way receiving is Arkell Smith, who I think was there last year, right? Uh, yeah, 6'1", 194. Red shirt senior had 11 catches for 136 yards. One touchdown long of 58. Then they have UMass transfer. Michael Fitzgerald, 6'6", 208. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, well, here we go. <laughs> here we go, right? We talk about the conference always having tall, rangy receivers. Exhibit A, Michael Fitzgerald, 6'6", 208. Six catches, 106 yards, one touchdown. Long of 39. But we know J.K. six foot one, Amante six foot one. That I, it, it's gonna be tough. Okay, I this this, and I'm here. I'm glad this is happening now. I'm glad we're going to really see what the secondary is made of here. This is gonna be very tough. Uh, Jack Pops, Popsil, Popsil. He's like five seven, four for eighty four, one touchdown. Uh, Zion Perry, three for 81 touchdown. They have a very good receiving core. Okay, so if we if we wanted a more stiffer test from a passing standpoint than what Kearney offers, we are getting it Saturday, uh, Warrensburg, 1 p.m. kickoff. Okay, so we will learn a lot more about this football team. And then defensively, again, their leading tackler was safety, Curtis Appleton II. Fantastic name. Uh, with seven seven tackles. Um I, they, again they, they they did have three 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 picks. Uh but Missouri Western also could not run the football. So I, I think offensively, offensively, if UCO does what we know that they can do, what they did in the first half, should have no problem scoring. Uh, I, I know Missouri's I know uh Central Missouri's defense though is better. Like I said before, they they brought in the new staff and did force three turnovers. But like, if the if the line dominates the way they did, like I I really it really to me it does not matter because it the run behind Lane run behind Cayman, okay, it will be yards. The biggest thing is the passing game. We're gonna have to see if we can pass the ball. It's gonna be a stiff test since UCM did have three interceptions. That we need some receivers to show up. Yeah, I, I, I don't know whether it'd be lovely if Delso could could break out, but we need somebody in that in that room. Because I'm imagining they're gonna see that film and say we're gonna double team Oscar until someone else starts hurting us. Okay, defensively, we we get a pass rush is paramount, and coverage is paramount. Um, so again, we shall see what happens 1 p.m. kickoff down there uh before we get to the to the scores i'm gonna wait on standings until week three i'll start doing this to the standings then because because up, up until then there's just no point 
Um, there were new uniforms. There were new blue uniforms. The new helmets uh, again is it's it's fantastic. Uh, wall. The old look has a classic feel. It it definitely felt 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 dated. So I'm I'm glad we're starting to kind of modernize the uniforms there. Uh, but looking at the at the scores from last week, again, what the, I said, Fort Hayes, right? I said they were gonna be back with a vengeance, okay? Um, and that was indeed the case because. Our dear, our dear friends down there in Tahlequah, unfortunately, was the first team on the revenge tour of the Tigers. Uh, lost 56 to nothing. If we look at that box score, because I'm genuinely curious now, it was only 7 nothing after the first quarter. Okay, well, I mean, that's... They, but then they got then they got bad for uh, Northeastern State. They were outscored twenty eight nothing in the second. So uh, I think, and if you recall, the last time Fort Hayes played at Northeastern, but it that had been twenty twenty. I know in twenty nineteen they beat Northeastern State uh, in Tahlequah ninety one to seven. So it's <laughs> just it's very tough. For Northeastern State down there, though, uh, when they play Fort Hayes out there. See, Northeastern State, well, they had 199 yards of offense, though. Okay. Well, about 50, 50, 50% on third down. Okay, it's not it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. Uh, that, that's that's something, though. Um, so, again, I just, uh, yeah, f- f- uh, f- uh, Fort Hayes is definitely going to be tougher than they were last year. Uh, Emporia beat Lincoln 56 to 10. Nobody surprised there. Uh, Pittsburgh dominated Washburn 34 to 7. I'm genuinely curious now to see what that box score is. Well, it was only a 6 nothing game at the half and only 13 to 7 entering the fourth, but then Pitt State uh, scored 21 straight in the fourth. Well, okay, so uh, again, that. that not surprising. Oh, pitched him in for 220 yards. Oof. That's, that's, uh, okay. I'm going I'm to keep an eye out on there. And then, uh, Central Missouri, Mississippi, Missouri Western by seven. And then down there in Joplin, you got to give Coach Cooper Bradley credit there. I was talking to the Kearney, uh, Kearney, uh, sports info guy. Just a true treat to talk to. Uh, when 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 Chris Brandon was updating the the score on that there, it was back and forth. I can say I was surprised. Number one, because Northwest just does not impress you. Even the Kearney guy admitted that they probably should have beat them beat them last year, right? And we know Missouri Western, I'm not Missouri Western, but that Missouri Southern. It, I I give them credit. I'm a huge fan of their their coach. I think he's well respected within the conference, though. Um. Especially losing Dawson, right? Like I know they lost. What's his name? James Jordan. He was like one of the best linebackers in the in the conference. I, the fact that they went toe to toe with Northwest for through for for four quarters, um, they allowed the game win touchdown with two twenty to go in the game. I mean, like you you re, you really got to be impressed here. They they did have. 
They had a 68-yard touchdown and a 62-yard touchdown pass in that football game. Let me see here. They threw for 307 on them. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's, 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 that's very impressive and did not allow a sack. So Missouri Southern is going to be, again, a very tough out. Uh, I just hope you still can finally end that two-game skit against them. Uh, so looking at what the games are this week, you've got three on Thursday. You've got Missouri Southern at Wasburg, 6 p.m. up there, and Topeka, Kansas. You've got Pitt State going to Fort Hayes. Oh, boy. 10 p.m. kickoff in Hayes, Kansas. And then Emporia and Northwest Missouri, 7 p.m. kickoff in Marysville. Oh boy, okay, that those those be some good those are some some good matchups here. Okay, okay, well, um, oh, the 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 MIAA to start on season season strong right here. Uh, then you got on Saturday UCO at UCM one p.m. kickoff. I'll be watching online. Missouri Western at Lincoln six p.m. kickoff in Jefferson City. Oh boy, um. Oh, you feel bad for Northeastern State. You you feel bad. They have the unfortunate task of traveling to Nebraska, Kearney. 7 p.m. kickoff. You know Kearney's going to be mad. Uh, We know Kearney scored, was it 66 points on them them last year? That could get bad. That could get very, 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 very bad because again, you know, Kearney is going to. Uh, yeah, okay, that could be. That could be bad. That could be bad. Uh, so I just, I just know, could be another very bad score there. Uh, however, I'm lo- I'm looking looking forward to seeing what the what the team does there in their first road game. But no, they only won one road game last year against Lincoln. So again, if we want to take that next step as well, number one, we have to win back-to-back games, which I don't think we've done that in my time covering from a season opening standpoint. And we have to win on the road against a meaningful opponent. So two more question marks to add on top of the question marks that we still have from Thursday's game. Before we get out of here, though, I want to give a shout out to the volleyball team head coach, Edgar Miracue. They won. And the seasoning or the season opening matches there, shout out to volleyball and then Mike Cook on the soccer front. Two very tough ties there, um, but hey, it's not lost. So um, I, I still have faith that they will still have a very, a very good season. So very excited to see what, what we do Saturday up there in Warrensburg. Should be a good game. Um, it, improve, it, it looks to be two improved football teams. Uh, so in the past, Two matchups have been very good. I'm expecting the, 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 the third matchup, the rubber match, to be very good, very good as well. So we'll, so we'll be back this time next week again, breaking down down hopefully another UCL win. Uh, from a content standpoint, the uh, there's a poll up on Twitter. On my Twitter, uh, the, the link, is, well, you can follow me over there, Twitter X. Uh, my username is below in the description here. I have a Twitter poll of we're gonna how we're going to do the players of the week this year. And once you all's input in it or on it, that poll will close sometime tomorrow, I think. Um look for that. I'll post that probably on Saturday at some point. Um, just for an assistance standpoint. 
They will have the highlight video dropping Monday, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time over on the YouTube channel. And the player of the week will be dropping Tuesday um, on the YouTube channel, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And we will have the first live stream of the season Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'd like to hear, hear, hear from you all. Especially since we kind of had similar viewpoints on how the game on how the game went. Um, we also had the post game interview up to up tonight, two or six p.m. Standard Time over on the YouTube channel. If you wish to watch the video of that, we will have the audio for you here uh, right now. So I'm gonna leave you with you should you should hear Caden Bradford first, followed by J.K. Moore, followed by Steph. Followed by Coach Doral. I think JK's and Cayman's is about a minute and a half. That's about two minutes. And then Coach Doral is about eight. So uh, until next time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. JG Smooth. I'll talk to you all later. Okay. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma guard. Um, introduce yourself. Cayman Bradford. Yes, sir. Following UCO's 24-21 home win over Kearney. Cayman, uh, the offense looked really good today. Almost 250 rushing, a lot of that behind you and Lane. What was working for you on the offensive line? Uh, we just did our keys and we did what we needed to do. And that's why we came out successful. I feel like as long as we stay consistent and do the things we need to do, we're going to have a good season. Um, And, you know, there was a bevy of running backs that ran today. Mason, uh, Tra Trayvon, Peyton, Corny. Uh, like, it, it seemed like it didn't matter. It seemed like you all kind of knew where each liked to go. Peyton likes to pounce it out. Trayvon's more of an in-between. Like, what kind of confidence does that give you, knowing you have so many backs there, that as long as you do your job, they're going to do, do theirs too? Man, that just, keep, that just keep good confidence. How we did in the summer, how we came in and we worked out and we did things we needed to do. And we came in and we watched film over Corny because the coach in the D.C. had came from another school. So we at Watchfield did what we need to do, and that's why we came out successful. That's why Carney, Will Falk, they did their thing, man. So, road to <laughs> Next week you have the first road game of the season. What do you feel like you will have to improve on in order to win that game? Uh, stupid penalties. Stupid penalties. All we have to do is stop doing stupid penalties because if we stop doing stupid penalties, we'll be a way better team. We just got to stay self, selfish and disciplined. Yes, All right, sir. thank you, Cayman. I wish you the best of luck. Yes, sir. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma cornerback J.K. Moore, who had a big pick six in the third quarter of the 24-21 win over Kearney. J.K., just talk a little bit about your UCO debut and a little bit about your, your big play. Uh, I don't know. I just, going into the game, I just felt butterflies, you know, first game, first atmosphere. You know, I'm from Texas and everything. Uh, Going through the play-wise, uh, I didn't have nobody to my side. I seen the motion. He was off the ball when he motioned, so I know it had to be something short. And when he broke, I just broke. Broke on the ball, and hey, I just made a play. I needed a, we needed a play, you know what I'm saying, to win the game, so, yeah. Now, I have to give you credit for sideline awareness because your teammate, Jonathan Mosley, had a chance last year against Walsburn <laughs> and ran out of bounds. So I want to congratulate you on staying in bounds. So you could just tell him that. Um, be lovely. Um, so did your UCO debut go as you had hope? Most definitely. You know, I got some pros and cons I need to fix. But hey, as long as we came out with the dub, hey, it's hey, winning every week. Hey, that's all that matters for sure. So. Uh, and what do you feel like you all have to improve on as a secondary heading into next next week? Staying consistent. 
know what I'm saying? Stay consistent, moving our feet, you know what I'm saying? When we get gas, how do we respond, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just uh, next play mentality for sure. All right, well, JK, thank you very much in that, and good luck next, next, next week. I appreciate it. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma quarterback Stephon Brown after UCO's season opening 24 win over Kearney. Uh, Steph, tell me, just talk a little bit about what this win means to you all. Right, it means a lot. You know, it's the first one, uh, first of meeting. It's nothing but one uh, one win, uh, win or loss. It was just the first game. So we just got to take the, the mistakes that we made from this game, you know, apply them the next week and just keep getting better as a team. Uh, and you seem to have more juice on your passes. You seem to have a few ones in tight coverage there. I know in media day, uh, Coach Doral had talked talk about you improving your motion. Yes, just talk, just talk a little bit about how that's helped you from a passing standpoint. Yes, sir. Uh, just working with my guys. That's the number one thing. Bringing them out here in these nights, uh, days, when it's hot, when it's just us. So when these people get out here, you know, it's not foreign to us. We did it before. So these plays that we making now, you know, we've made them 100 times over the summer just by ourselves. So now it's just coming full, uh, full circle now. And what did you think about your revamped uh, offensive line tonight? Uh, offensive line played their butts off. You know, I give all credit to them. Uh, I, I got a veteran group who's been in this before, and, and I can't ask for nothing else. That's, that's all I can ask for. Uh, and you and uh, Oscar picked up rails off at the Ford Hayes game. Yes, sir. How big is it having a tight end of, of Oscar's caliber that can go and make those catches and turn it up the yeah, field for yeah. 30, 40 yard touchdowns? Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Oscar's not the only one. We got a whole group of tight ends, but Oscar's a special player, you know, and, and any way we can find uh, ways to get him the ball downfield, it's always good for us. Um, you, you, offensively, there was a low in the second half. Yeah. What do you feel like you will have to improve? on heading into next week to make sure that you all put some points on the board. Right, uh, just the little things, you know, attacking uh, assignment, uh, alignment, and details on every all the small things, and uh, just being more aggressive. We can't get complacent when we're up. Uh, we know teams in this league are going to scrap till they come back, so we got to keep our head down and keep going. Now, you all were running that Philly play a lot on the fourth and short. Yeah. Now, you reaching over. Yes, sir. I, now, I know you like contact, but... Did I see a slide there early in the game? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, that's what I saw. I saw a Steph, I a Steph slide. slide. I thought Steph didn't did, did slide. It might have been a dive. It might have been a dive. Okay, all right. It's a dive. It's a dive. But, um, no, seriously, because I know that kind of was like a short spot last year. Yes, it was the third and fourth and short. Yes, you all converted the vast majority of them. Talk about how big that was, especially on that long 93 play, play drive. Oh, yeah, it, it was huge for us, man. Uh, we got a good coach. Uh, he knows us. You know, I'm a big body, so any way we can kind of just utilize our strengths, which is that, uh, we'll do that. And we got a great old line, so we can always work behind them. And finally, what do you feel like you have to improve on heading into next week? Uh, every, everything. I, I got so much to work on, uh, just little details, my footwork, my drops, finishing throws, and just being smart with the football and, and situational ball, you know? Like I had a play down here earlier where it was, it was wide open to run, but I tried to just throw it, you know, and just, just playing smart. And, and that's what I'll do to just lead my team. Okay. Well, Steph, I appreciate it, and best of luck. Yes, sir. So we're here with Adam Doral following a week one victory for Central Oklahoma 24-21 over Nebraska Kearney MIAA 2023 season opener. Uh, Coach, would you start with an opening statement, please? Yeah, I was very, uh, very proud of our football team tonight. I thought we were extremely physically and mentally tough. Uh, you know, there's obviously things that we've got to do better, but I thought our focus was very sharp. I thought we came out firing. Uh, I thought our guys played with a lot of emotion, a lot of energy. Uh, what a great crowd. What a great crowd. Uh, they were awesome. Uh, but I was just very impressed. I, I thought offense ran the ball very, very well. Uh, I thought defense did a really good job of keeping a very mobile uh, quarterback, uh, for the most part, contained. That kid's a great athlete. I know he made a couple plays on us. You know, and then uh, special teams, I thought were just okay tonight. We had too many blunders on special teams. Uh, we got to 
got to be able to make those field goals. Uh, protection needs to be a little better. Our off time needs to get better. But our kick placement, whether it's kickoffs or punts, is definitely something that needs to improve. But I was just really proud of our team. You know, I thought thought there's a lot of. I thought we could have finished the game a little bit better and kind of maybe put them away. But uh, you know, we found a way to win, and, and uh, it's hard to win in this league. So I was very, very proud of their effort. Uh, yeah, Coach, last year you started off the season uh, with a loss. How does it feel for a team morale to start the season yeah, off in the window? It's big. It really is. You know, it's it, it, it's hard losing week one because it's like the guys have been here all June, all July, fall camp. Fall camp is hard, man. It's two weeks of they're here at 6 in the morning and they leave at 7 o'clock at night, literally. Um, and so it just it feels really, really good to get that first win, especially against uh, a really good team. I mean, those guys are those guys are going to win a lot of games already. Um, offensively, you had almost 250 yards rushing. What can you say about the job of not only the offensive line, but all your running backs that play? Yeah, you know, the thing I'm sure you saw, we feel very confident about our running back group. It's just, it, it's, we feel like we have five dudes there that can run the ball. What's cool is they're all a little bit different. Um, and so we've really, our coaching staff, their running back coach, Tyler's done a really good job of putting them in situations that, that's going to help them thrive. But, you know, I was, Cautiously optimistic. I thought we could run the ball tonight, and uh, you know I thought we did. I thought our offensive line played well. I'm proud of those guys. Uh, we had, and I think, a 9-0 lineman play tonight. We had some guys cramping up. It was hot, and you know, I was just proud of those guys that came in at the end and really battled against a good D line. Uh, Coach J.K. Moore's big interception yeah. in the second half, and eventually uh, becomes the difference there. Yeah. Uh, talk about how the defense played. I mean, T.J. Davis, who everybody knows, is best players in the country and to be able to have a 55-yard interception pick six. Yeah, it was huge. It, it's what I, the first thing I told him in the locker room, you know, I told him I'm proud of him and I said we won the game because of the turnover margin. And all, not only the turnover margin, it's we got the defensive touchdown, which is, you know, just huge. So, uh, yeah, again, I thought the defense played really, really good, but that was one of the big, big key plays in the game. Jumping ahead, obviously, Central Missouri next, and you'll obviously got to watch film. They're playing Mo West right now, and that's who you play in week three, yeah. too. So uh, what, is, what is your look forward uh, right away? Yeah, the, it's going to be a challenge. At least we'll have one uh, film on them, but they have a whole, I mean, pretty much a whole revamp staff. Obviously, Coach Lambert is back, the head coach. Uh, the offensive line coach is back, but there's a lot of new faces on offense. Uh, the whole defensive staff is new. And so it's just challenging because you're not sure what they're going to run. Uh, but at least we got one game. But yeah, we got to go to Warrensburg. You know, the thing I'm really going to be on our team about is the one o'clock kickoff. It's going to be hot. It's humid. And, you know, we're going to have to have all hands on deck. Um, offensively, in the first half, you all had an impressive 93-yard drive. But then in the second half, there was kind of some struggles there. What do you have to do to be able to kind of keep that momentum from the first half into the second half offensively? Yeah, you know, um, the, the thing that really sticks out to me in the word is trust. And what I mean by that is the players have to trust me, the game I'm calling, and I have to trust them. Uh, I felt like there was opportunities tonight where they didn't trust me. There was a couple play calls that uh, just, you know, guys were freelancing and not doing their 111th. And then, you know, I, got, I get a little spooked. I got to be uh, better as a play caller and, and get them back on the sideline and get them back in. Um, that's a really big thing offensively. I think we're going to go back and be really disappointed. Uh, stupid penalties downfield, the holding. We've been talking about that for 10 days. We've got to get that fixed. It's ridiculous. 
Um, and it's just disappointing because it's been a point of emphasis for us the last 10 days. So we got to get that fixed, and we just got to finish drives, you know. Um, but I think just more consistency in the pass game would help as well. Um, oh, you're first. And I have to ask, I know Nikki had a tough game, but yeah. that, that hit he laid. Uh, <laughs> well, Nikki, uh, I love Nikki. Uh, Nikki, will, he'll get going, you know. He had a, a tough night tonight, but uh, he, I, I got a lot of faith in that kid, and I told him that after the game. And, uh, the good thing for Nikki, he didn't kick the ball where he was supposed to, so he probably was thinking, man, I better make this tackle because I wasn't supposed to kick the ball there. But, uh, yeah, it was a great tackle for a kicker to come up and form somebody up like that. Uh, it looked like Stephen Brown uh, has really built a really great connection with uh, uh, shoot 23. Oscar Hammond. Oscar yeah. Hammond yeah. Uh, this year. Uh, really built on from last year uh, tonight. They just really exploded. Is that something that really kind of crystallized in the spring? Is that something that they've been working on? Yeah. To sort of anticipate each other? Yeah, they've had a really good spring together. They've had a really good summer. Um, the thing that I'm disappointed in is there's three to four other receivers that have had really good fall camps and you just didn't see them tonight and again that goes back to some of the play calling and we've got to distribute the ball a little bit better and um, you know there's times we're calling guys numbers and the protection's not good or you know some of the routes I thought uh, could have been a little bit better but uh, yeah him and Oscar have a really good connection and, and uh, you know that's something I really want to get those guys going because we've got more guys in that room that can help that pass game. I'd like to see more of Delso. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know. He, and he's had yeah. a really good camp. Yeah. Um, you know, we, there's just a, a, a couple of guys, and that's going to be a big emphasis for us because, I mean, college, college football, you can't, you're not going to be able to just line up and just run the football down somebody's throat. It's just, it's, it's not going to happen. Long season. Long season. Yeah. Long <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask about Peyton Scott and Marlo Hughes, because those are two guys that's been with the program for a while. Um, Marlo had that big hit. Uh, Peyton had a, had a really good game running the ball. Like, what when you see those guys who's been here for a while that are kind of leaders, to see them have games like that as a coach, like, what, what, does, that, what does that mean to you? Well, it, it's funny you said that, because they were two guys I was going to highlight tomorrow in our team meeting. Uh, and I tell you why our core values are selfless stuff and discipline. Uh, to me, those two guys embodied that tonight more than anybody. Um, P. Scott's been sick, and I mean, sick, sick. And the way we didn't think he was, no way he was going to play. Uh, we got him going a little bit a couple days ago, felt better. But, you know, the thing with him, man, like he's not starting. He's going back from, you know, sometimes he runs the ball, sometimes he's the fullback, sometimes he's our protector. He's just an all around player, but he never complains. Same with Marlo. You know, Marlo's in a, in a room that's very deep and it's very competitive, and he's fighting for playing time. But, you never know uh, that those guys, you know, maybe not playing as much as they want. They never exhibit that. They're great team guys. They're great leaders. Uh, you know, and it's something I hope our team can build off. If we could get that uh, in every room, at every position, on every side of the football, we would be a really good team. Um, I guess finally, what, what do you need to see the most out of your team heading into next week? Because I know there was only one road win last year. You touched on having to win on the road yeah. this year in order to do what you all want to do. How, how can you all be, be successful next week? Yeah, we, we got to clean up special teams. Special teams was not good tonight. There was uh, too many busts, too many penalties on special teams. That's number one. Uh, number two, we got to improve the pass game, just the timing and the consistency. Uh, we got to be better on the perimeter with some of our screens and RPOs. Uh, and then just defensively, I thought our initial pass rush tonight was really good, really good. Just didn't finish. Now, again, the guy they're trying to finish against is, is one of the best players in the country. So, uh, But I think if we can do those things and really clean those, those three uh, phases up, I just talked about four, 
you know, I, I, I think that'll really help us uh, give us a chance for next week. All right, thank you. Hey, I, thank you all for